Hi friends, welcome to the St. Anne Parish Podcast, where we seek to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. We hope you enjoy this episode. Each year at Sunday Mass, the Sunday Mass readings run in a three-year cycle, and each year we walk through Jesus' life, ministry, passion and resurrection with one of the evangelists, one of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This is Mark's year. And each, the whole of scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. But each author, especially in the gospels, write to a different community, they write as a different person, and they write with a different emphasis. Um, It's not really like pick your favorite evangelist, but there are different, and comparing them, we learn a lot more about Jesus than we would if we just had one. Um, St. Luke was a follower of St. Paul. He traveled with St. Paul, and he probably, scripture scholars think, probably knew Our Lady, because he is the one that includes in his Gospels her Magnificat, when she visits Elizabeth, her cousin, and she says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, when she's pregnant with Jesus. Um, John is a very, is more mystical. It's, I don't mean any disrespect, but he's almost like the Jedi gospel. It's the, toward, toward the end of the gospel, some Greeks come to the disciples and say, we want to meet Jesus. And so they take him to Jesus and they say, these people, and he says, now is the son of man glorified. And Philip is probably thinking, who is he talking to? But there's tremendous depth in John's gospel. Mark's gospel that we, that we read through this year is sort of like Jesus the action hero. There's always, Mark's is the shortest gospel. It's probably the one who was, that was written first. It was written from Rome probably after Mark had seen both Peter and Paul martyred. And it's the shortest gospel and it's always compelled with motion. And then, and then, and then Jesus went here, and then immediately they took him here, and then immediately the demon came out, and there's, it's just a constant stream of action. And at the very beginning, we're only, where Jesus is first preaching now in Mark's gospel, we're still in the first chapter. But Mark's gospel starts off, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we gloss over that. But there's a lot of hidden, not hidden, there's a a tremendous depth of meaning. The beginning of the gospel, the word, and excuse my Greek pronunciation, euangelion, the good news, the, the word that we get evangelists from. This was a word common in Greek that when the emperor would go out on a on a campaign or to put down an uprising and he was victorious, he would head back to Rome and he would send evangelists ahead of him to announce the good news. The emperor has won, you know, God has smiled on the emperor. But but Mark says that's not the good news. The real good news is what I'm going, the story I'm going to tell you. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Only the emperor, since the time of Augustus, only the emperor was called the son of God. And Mark says, that's not the son of God. 
The Son of God is the one who gave himself for us, was crucified and rose from the dead. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, is God. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If any of you watch college football, you know the the USC Trojans? I did a little Google research. Um, Before the games, they have a a guy on a horse that's, his name is Tommy Trojan, which seems a little, I don't know if any of you went to USC, but it should be like triumphant Trojan, it's Tommy. But it's very impressive, it's a cool ceremony. He rides out to the middle of the field, well, yes. And then he takes his sword and buries it in the ground and the crowd goes wild. This is what Mark is doing at the very beginning of his gospel. He says, this is the fulcrum of history. This is where everything changes. So he begins there. And then Jesus is baptized. And then the Holy Spirit drives him into the wilderness. And then he begins to proclaim the gospel. And then he calls four disciples. And then today, he goes into Capernaum. He tells them, to repent that the kingdom of God is at hand. And he's preaching in the synagogue and they're amazed because he doesn't refer to other rabbis. He doesn't say, you know, the great rabbi said this and I agree. He said, you have heard it said, but I say to you, I say to you, Thomas, I say to you, Janice, I say to you, Robert, I say to you. He is teaching with authority. And he is coming up against resistance immediately. There's a man with an unclean spirit and he stands up and he says, why have you come here? I know who you are. And there was an idea in the ancient world that if you named someone, it gave, them, it gave you magical power over them. And he says, I know who you are, Jesus. You're the Holy One of God. But it, as you might expect, if you've read to the end of the book, it, doesn't, it has no effect. And Jesus is quiet come out of him and the people are astounded because he is taught with authority and he even commands evil spirits. He doesn't have to do any special magic potions. He just says stop and they stop. The light has come into the world. The people who sat in darkness have seen this great light and the people who dwelt in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That is us. That is why Jesus came to restore us to friendship, to restore us into the family of God. And that is why we are still here. I wonder about that sometimes. I, if I were God, things would have happened differently and thank goodness, I'm, thank God I'm not God. <laughs> but we are still here because we bear that light. Every one of us, if you pass the 2B test, You bear that light. If you're baptized and if you're breathing, you still bear that light into a darkened world. And we're not going to beat up the secular world, but it is a world that is dark in the eyes of faith. It's a world where it's too easy to become hopeless. It's a world that needs the light of Christ that we bear, each and every one of us. We get sent out at the end of Mass to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth. This is sort of a fort, a fortress, a hospital, where we come to be restored so that we can live out that Christian vocation every day of our lives. 
Now, please, if you have a big meeting at work tomorrow, don't go to work with a sword and walk up to the middle of the conference room and don't do that. Because I, I can't help you. I will disavow any knowledge of your intent. But live as the light of Jesus in the world. We are a city on a hill. We're, we're, we talked, I believe the homilists talked last week about starting a new season of Alpha in the coming days. Um, invite someone. And if they say, I don't like churchy things, say, it's not churchy, I'll go with you. Be a part of bringing people to Jesus, of revealing the light of Christ to the world. It's a, it's a world that desperately needs it, probably now more than ever. We are called to be that light and given the strength and the grace to be that light. The St. Anne vision is to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. To learn more about St. Anne, go to stannparish.org. God bless.